Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, global health systems have been challenged like never before. As time and resources were directed towards responding to the virus, it was the dedication of healthcare workers that kept services running. Amongst the uncertainty, our hardworking Queensland clinicians have continued their pursuit of excellence, innovating and adapting the way they work to ensure consumers always receive the best care possible. To them, the pandemic was an opportunity to learn and grow and to ensure healthcare delivery continues to evolve to the ever-changing landscape. Because if we've learned anything from the last two years, it is that things will always change and our clinicians will always rise to the occasion. To truly close the gap and improve outcomes for Queensland's First Nations people requires more than commitments and policy. Services need to be co-designed with local communities, integrating their beliefs and practices to ensure they not only meet their needs, but align to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander definitions of health. The projects featured in this session are exemplars of these principles, revolutionising care and drastically improving how their communities interact with health services. Morning everyone, um, my name's Gary Torrens, I'm a Bundjalung man. I'm the kidney transplant CNC from the PA hospital, and also for the Queensland Kidney Transplant Service. Just a little link of my ancestral roots on my dad's side, it's Bundjalung uh, country, just over the border. A little, little town called Bayougal, about 80 k's north of Grafton. And on my mum's side, Southampton in the UK. So, one bigger thing, the acknowledgement of country, I think it's very important. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gather today, the Yagara and the Turrbal people. And I also acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of country throughout Queensland and recognise their continuing connection to land, water, community and culture. I also pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. The aims of this Indigenous-led project. The National Indigenous Kidney Transplant Task Force, which is an arm of the Transplant Society of the Australian New Zealand, outlaid a million dollars for pilot initiatives to improve access to and outcomes of kidney transplantation for those who identify as Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander. So I put in a bid, I, sh I shot myself in the foot, I should have asked for a lot more, but got $40,250. The main, main idea of this was to deliver education on country. Currently at the PA hospital, when we do education, we do it via video conference. So if you're from Brisbane, everyone just comes in and does a session on PA. If you're from outside of Brisbane, everyone comes in via teleconference. So. The whole idea of that was we looked at, when I was looking through the screen, it was a complete blackout up in Cairns, Torres Strait, and there's just all these, all these blackfellas there, and you think, what's going on here? So I thought, let's do this on country. Mob don't like doing stuff via video. They find it not personable. They might feel a bit of shame because they have some questions, but they don't know who they're really talking to. They, it doesn't feel personal at all, and they feel shy. So one of the big things was to, to gain access to the country. I think that was the, the really key thing through consultation in the first instance and then we took the team on country. And also providing culturally safe and appropriate care, nurturing empowerment and building a rapport and trust. So myself and my wingman, Brett Mooney, he's our real support worker. We found this was a really, really necessary thing to do in the first instance to go on to country and, and 
build a relationship and rapport with all the stakeholders that were there. Consensus from Mob on Country believe that the consultation process doesn't really happen. People come on country, do their business and leave, and it's sort of a bit of a dead end. We thought this was critical, both professionally and culturally, that we met all the stakeholders involved and made our intentions known about delivering a culturally safe and appropriate program for the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people of Queensland. So we met with elders, Indigenous Shire councils, the health services of the region, the non-government agencies, so the, so the medical services, the AMSs, public health units and the patients. And from these interactions, we found that all the dates that we were able to lock in all dates so we could actually take the whole team and provide the, the appropriate safe care that we wanted to do. So the planning and logistics of this, it was a shed load of work. I was uh, underwater quite a lot. I was doing this on top of my own job, so uh, as being the CNC at the hospital. So that's a pretty, pretty heavy job. So I took this on as well because it was something that had to be done. One of the key things from this also was in the renal space in Australia, this is the first time that it's actually been done where it's actually Indigenous-led myself and I had a female Indigenous person and a male as well. So that was Brett Mooney who came with us. We had two females as well. So if there was any men's or women's business, we were able to provide that care. The clinicians that also came with us were the, uh, was the nephrologists, surgeons, the ward-based clinical nurse consultants, transplant coordinators who are also clinical nurse consultants, transplant social workers, transplant pharmacists and transplant dietitians. So it was the whole team that we went and took on country. As you can see there, we, went, we covered quite a bit of the state there. Rockhampton, the 30th, that was, uh, we couldn't do that one because that was when Brisbane went into lockdown. So we're actually on country in Warabinda and I got a phone call from exec and said we need to come home and that was about two o'clock in the afternoon, so we had to get the first flight back to Brisbane. So we will get back to Rockhampton, definitely. So really, really well attended by our patients and family members, local health service staff, and also staff from the AMSs as well. Over the, the time that we went to Townsville and Mount Isa, we saw just over 80 people. In Sherbrooke and Toowoomba, we saw just under 40 people. Warabinda, we saw just between nearly up to 10 people, but we had to cancel Rockhampton, but apparently the numbers were gonna be very good for that day. The clinics, we actually did a transplant assessment clinic and that was the first for the Queensland Kidney Transplant Service where all those sort of things happen in Brisbane. So when patients get a referral sent down to Brisbane for an assessment, they fly down and a lot of people, it's the first time they've been to Brisbane, they come down and have their assessment. But we flipped that again on its head and we actually did that session on country. So we were able to provide that. Mount Isa, we were served 13 referrals for there and we had nine people turn up that day, which was fantastic. And there were four people that did not attend. Warabinda, we had two patients that were referred. One patient was seen in the country. One was medically unsuitable. And one little thing that popped up as well, we had a, a Māori lady that was there, member of the community. And she was really, really upset. She wanted to have, her, she wanted to have me, I'm telling you, <laughs> for the fact that we were seeing all these blackfellas and she wasn't involved. So we sat down with her as a team and our flexibility was apparent, definitely. We all sat down, we thought, no, we're, we're here, let's, let's do this. So we actually provide that service to her. Instead of her coming to Brisbane, we're able to provide non-country for her. And by the end, we were best buddies. So it, was, it worked out well. Styling and profiling. How are we going to do this? We had no idea how we were going to do this on the day when, when we went. But the key thing was we knew we had to go on to country, so we did it. So basically a lot of it was off the cuff. 
it was essential that a welcome to country was organised and we did it on every country that we went to. We were able to make contact with elders and traditional owners and they were able to come provide that for us. Mount Isa example was fantastic. A, a young girl who did the welcome to country, she would have been probably in her 20s and she, the first section she did that in English, second section she did it in, in Kalkadoon and it was, it was mind-blowing, it was really good. Introductions of staff, that was a, a really important thing that we made it very, very personable. It wasn't the surgeon or the doctor, it was Nikki or, or John. And we brought the level right down and the connection rapport from that was amazing. Yarning circles, we use yarning circles. That's a, that was a, a really good tool that we did use. And for people not sure what yarning circles are, it's basically, it's an informal way where, where blackfellas get together, sit down, share, talk, knowledge, and it's just a, a reciprocating thing. And it's a nice way of, of receiving and sharing that information. Food. Now, Blackfellas love free food. And they'll, they'll come. And that, was, that made a really nice part of it. And our dietitian, our transplant dietitian was there as well. And we were able to find good options, good healthy options. And uh, that worked nicely. Photos, again, what Blackfellas doesn't like a photo. And you'll see at the end of the end of the slide there, you'll see it was really important everyone who was involved on the day because it, it showed that the the buy-in from the people of the country that were there, and they wanted to to share their story with us. So we want to share that story with everyone that sees this. One good thing that came from this also was when we went on country up in Sherberg, there's a museum up there called the Ration Shed, and if anyone has an opportunity to go there, it's important that you do go to it. It gives you a very good history of, the, of, of what happened in Cherbourg. And also, all of our staff went to that. And it opened a lot of eyes because a lot of people didn't know what actually happened up there. And probably still happens to this day, but it gets swept under the carpet. But it opened a lot of people's eyes. And one thing I'd like to acknowledge some sorry business from there, from Cherbourg, was Uncle Bevan Costello, who actually did the, the tour with us. He passed away two weeks ago. So we acknowledge that sorry business in Cherbourg. So, outcomes from this, the $40,250. Clinical Excellence Queensland, they chipped in $5,800 on top of that, and that was able to help us get around where Brett and I went on the first initial trips, so we could actually organise and do the consultation. So that was fantastic, so I thank them very much. And also Metro Sales chipped in a little bit more. We did some questionnaires from the, the, the sessions itself, pre-session and post-session, and all the feedback from those was very, very positive. Referrals that we've received, for the financial year of 20, 2020 and 2021, we've received 290 referrals statewide. 34 of those are identified as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander. For our financial year 19 and 20, we had 330 referrals and 31 of those was identified as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander. So there was a little increase, but I think we've done very well because as COVID has really kicked in, the stuff that we've gone through and done things, people are a bit more empowered to really want to get on and, and, and move on with their life and, and get a transplant. On the 20th of August this year, we're at 5,026 kidney transplants done by the Queensland Kidney Transplant Service. And on the 21st of August this year, we had our 200th that identified as Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander. And uh, that man was from Torres Strait. And uh, he's still down here in Brisbane. He should be going back to Thursday Island hopefully next week, which is fantastic. Out of those 200, 112 of them still have their initial graft. And five of those patients are onto their second graft. And out of the 112, we've just had one chap who's just hit 40 years of age with his kidney. So he's doing really, really well. 
Another thing that came from this was an employment opportunity. One of the things I was able to take with us was a little model that we got made. Now, through the TRI building at the PA Hospital, the Australian Centre for Complex Integrated Surgical Solutions, or AXIS, they were able to make us a 3D model of a, a little urinary system. So it had kidneys, ureters, bladder, urethra, and we also had a little transplanted kidney on it as well. So it was basically a, a nice little model about so big. When we took that on country, it was something very tactile, something the patients could have a look at and, and really identify with. One of the, the people that came with us, one of the a volunteer, or not a volunteer, a visitor, you could say, uh, from the National Indigenous Kidney Transplant Task Force, she came along on our trips with us. She saw this and she thought, this is a really good model here. This could be something that could be utilised. So they've ended up buying six of them and they're going to be utilising them all over the country in different states. And from that, TRI couldn't handle pumping out six models. So what happened was they put on a cadetship. So I was part of the interview process and we've interviewed successfully a young Aboriginal man from, from Brisbane. And now he is halfway through his course and is looking to do extra uh, study through that field. So he's doing very, very well. And also you can see the... Oh, thank you. And you can see these, these deadly shirts that I've got on. Now this here was a, a design... I, from a man called Charlie Waters. He's a Metro South staff member. And I said to him, Charlie, can you design something that would be suitable for us to, to go around the state? So as you can see, we've got lots of little yarning circles. And it's basically bringing people together from different, from different areas, over land, overseas, getting together, sharing that information. So we've got this in a lovely teal, and we've got a, a red one, which will pop your eyes out. It's really, really bright. It's fantastic, really good. So the future. Planning, we're going to do some, we're going to commence to do some more sessions here in, in Brisbane. So we're going to look at hitting out a lot of metro south area, Anala, maybe going down to Bow Desert, going out into Kwandamuka country, out over to Strati. We'd like to start having that conversation with our, our brothers and sisters over in Metro North and being able to do that as well. And also we're looking at going back to Torres Strait. We have been to Torres Strait in the first instance to do all the, the planning with stakeholders. So they are completely on, on side with us and they want us up there very, very soon. They wanted us up there yesterday, basically. So Metro South have come to the party and we're looking at heading up there, hopefully either by the end of this year or the start of next year to actually do the big session up there. We need to try and source some more funding. I want more money. So I want Queensland Health to give it to me. Oops. And I'll, I'll, I'll keep asking and I'll keep keep going at Haleen, talking with Haleen, and, and just we need we need it. Uh, continuing that statewide approach, there are little pockets in Queensland that we haven't been to. Like we need to get back to Cairns, do the Cape. The Cape is a, a big area and... Ooh, I need to move. Um, so there's lots of little pockets around Queensland. Continuing the consultation and with a strong emphasis on being Indigenous-led. And this is one thing I'd like to try and, and look forward in the future, uh, probably making this model into other specialties, being Indigenous-led, doing the consultation and going around the state. Now look at these deadly people here. So the, the, yeah, the top left is us up in Townsville. Top right is up in Cherbourg. Bottom left, that is Toowoomba. And the bottom right is up in, that is Mount Isa. So you can see people smiling. And lastly, the people would like to thank Transplant Society of Australia and New Zealand, National Indigenous Kidney Transplant Task Force, Metro South Health, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Health Unit at Metro South, the Nephrology Department at PA Hospital, 
the Queensland uh, Clinical Excellence Division, Brett Mooney, my wingman who's done amazing work with me, uh, Charlie Waters and uh, Deborah Cormack. Debbie, she was our graphical clinical designer at the PA and she's helped with a lot of my, my stuff. Estellus, uh, Tom Rice, all the stakeholders in the regions involved with the initiative, my amazing wife who's sitting over there, and my little family. And the big thing is a big thank you to all the patients who were involved with this. And we just, we need to, we just want to give more transplants out for people and so people can get some bit more normality in their life and get some more quality of life and extend their lives further. So thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.